Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. Our theme for the day is to think about Christian homes, the family structure as God has designed it. And we have already discussed and honored mothers in the home who fight for their families and their homes. Tonight, I want us to understand that the battle for the family structure, the battle for the traditional home as God has created it, is real. This is not something that we're making up. <clears throat> it is not something that is being hyped. It is a real battle, and I want us to understand it. The text that was just read outlines for us the design that God had. Everything there about the traditional family can be found. <clears throat> We're not making it up out of thin air. This is what God designed. This is how God wrote it. And in the text of Titus 2, that's what he says. This is the traditional family that God wants. It occurs to me that there are many people. Immediately you take offense at the term, the traditional family model. Well, I'm sorry about that, but God is the one who stated it. It's not a word or an idea that any of us have created. This is who God, what God said is the traditional family that He wants. And so, we should honor that. I want you to think with me. Turn, if you will, to Joshua chapter 24. And we're going to be in that chapter tonight as we discuss the things that we need to do to battle the problem of the breakdown of the traditional family structure. Joshua 24, the children of Israel have come to the door of the promised land again. Forty years earlier, they were there. They came there the first time God had brought them out of Egypt and said, Come on, I have a promised land for you. The spies that went into the land, uh, 12 of them, 10 of them came back and said, We can't do this. They're too big. They're too great. They're too mighty. We cannot conquer this people. Two, Joshua and Caleb said, Yes, we can. Let's do it. But God said, Fine. If that's how it's going to be, the ten destroyed the hearts of the people and they decided not to go in. And so God punished them. And for 40 years they wandered around the wilderness until finally everyone over 20 had died. Now they came again to the door of the promised land. There's a theme. There are many themes in God dealing with His people Israel, but there is a theme that fits our theme today. He constantly talked to them about their families. He was constantly telling them not to intermarry with the heathen nations around them. In fact, He specifically called out seven nations in that land where they were going and said, you cannot marry amongst those people. So God was concerned. He was concerned about their marriages. He was concerned about their families. God wanted them to have a traditional family as God designed it. And now, this second time, 
at the door of the promised land. We find them ready to go in, and we find three things that God wants them to know through Joshua to be able to say, we can battle this. We can fight. We can win this battle, at least on this front. We may not win the war, but we can win battle after battle in our own lives as we fight for our families, realizing that the forces of Satan are gathered, and they're real, and they want to destroy your family and my family. They want to destroy traditional family structure. Joshua says, here's what you have to do to stop it. We begin in verse number 2. Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord God of Israel. If we're going to win this battle, if we are going to fight this battle successfully, the first thing we have to recognize or the first thing we have to do, we have to shut out all the noise. We've got to stop listening to it. We have to avoid it. It is so sad that families are being inundated with messages from people to their children that the parents don't want them to have. And these messages are happening through movies and, and through uh, the Internet. It's happening in their school systems. And people are saying things. The noise against families is real. It's out there. But we have to shut out the noise. The noise sounds like this. There's a woman named Germaine Greer. All of these have been published in public, so I can say uh, these things. She said she does not want women to abandon men altogether, but she does believe, and it seems to me she created a word, she does believe it would be better for children to grow up in what she called a matrilocal family, meaning a family with all adult females, all raising children together. That's the noise. The noise that says we're going to attack the family structure by taking away what God said, not only about man and woman together, but about what God said is men are supposed to head and run their households. And it's real. A woman by the name of Sheila Jeffries, sometimes I need to read, make sure I get the quotes right. She said, our energy is better directed at abolishing marriage as a state institution and spouse as a legal category. 
This woman is attacking the very institution of marriage itself, saying we need to get rid of it as a state institution. Now, it matters not to me on the one hand what the state says about marriage because what God says is most important. It should be and is primarily a church idea, church function, a, a church sanctioned relationship. But families are the backbone of a society. And if we undermine the concept of marriage, we're going to undermine society. Caroline Credo Perez, I'd like to propose a radical alternative to punish misogynistic men, a marriage strike. Based on how she wrote it, it sounds like to me she is saying that marriage caters to misogynistic men. In other words, she may be indicting all of us as women haters. If we allow the mentality to exist without opposition, that men are bad and women are being abused all of the time by everybody, then we have a problem. I'll tell you this. I know for a fact in this church and among these families, women have a high place. Women are held up and put on pedestals where God wants them to be, where we want them to be. And no matter what the noise is saying out there, young lady or older lady, whoever you are, we are not misogynistic men. Fourth, the cover of the March 1997 Fortune magazine said, is your family wrecking your career? That was the title. The head of the article says, oh, quit whining. Get back to work. It's heresy to say so, but let's say it anyway. Sometimes your job is more important than your kid's Kodak moment. Every family makes decisions about how they're going to do things. I doubt there's ever been a good parent who was able to do every single thing they wanted to do with their children. That's not the issue. The issue is that the concept has been planted in the public psyche that says, your job, your career, more important than your kid's Kodak moment. This battle is real. And if we're going to fight this battle, we have to shut out the noise. Number two, this is a real battle. And if we're going to win the battle, we're going to fight the battle, we better know our history. 
You know what they say? Those who don't know history or what? Say it in your minds. Bound to repeat it, right? We better know our history. So Joshua said to the people before they went into the land, let me tell you about your history. God said, I made you who you are. Look in verse 3. He talked about Abraham. I took him, verse 3, from the other side of the river. Verse 4, to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. I sent Moses and Aaron, verse 5. I brought you out of Egypt, and your fathers came to the sea. The Egyptians pursued them, and I destroyed them. God said, I made you who you are. We better know our history. God made us who we are. I have more books in my library on Christian evidences than I have any other topic. That's because I enjoy it. But you know what? You can take all of those books and everything that's ever been written on the subject of defending the existence of God, and it boils down everything can come to one place where you have to start. How did we get here without God? Anyone who wants to say there is no God cannot answer that question. For the answer is not material. It's spiritual. Our history says we came from God. That's the only sensible answer. There is no other answer. No other answer makes any sense whatsoever. And God said to his people, I made you who you are. Verse 11, and I've brought you to the place where you are. Here's the promised land. I brought you here. This is your land. What did you do to get it? What did you do to earn it? Nothing. You better know your history, he says. We are where we are because of the grace of God. Not only in our individual lives and in the life, the life of our church, but we are where we are as people of God in a country where we are by the grace of God. We give him credit that we are where we are because he brought us here. We better know our history. And finally, third, verse 13, I've given you a land, notice, and cities that you did not build. You eat of vineyards and olive groves which you did not plant. You better know your history. I've given you everything you have. Those who fight against the families really set up a scenario that says we're really not in the best place. Marriage is not the best thing. The family is not the best thing. There's something better. Oh, yeah? That's not what history says. Because if you go back and check, every society that devalued families, 
Every society that worked against the family structure fell apart. And don't think that it's impossible for America to fall apart. It can happen. And it will happen potentially if we destroy the, the homes. If we destroy the ground of family structure that God gave, we could fall. We better know our history if we're going to win this battle. Finally, third. Joshua said to these people, as they're coming to the promised land, getting ready to go over to the other side, getting over there and being ready to be a, in God's people in a brand new land, the final thing he said was, you better circle the wagons. Look at verses 14 and 15. Now, therefore, fear the Lord. Serve him in sincerity and in truth. Put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua says, now when you get into that land, it is time to circle the wagons. We are the people of God. We're going into a strange and foreign land would be among strange and foreign people. First thing he said to circle the wagons, he called the people to the circle. Come on. Notice how he put it. Fear the Lord. Serve him in sincerity and truth. It was a call to come to the circle. There is, in fact, the circle. There is a place where the people of God stand. People are constantly trying either to expand the circle to be bigger than what God wants it to be, or they are attempting to shrink the circle so tightly that not very many people can get in because they don't want them. God calls us to the circle that he created. Joshua said, come on, come to the circle. Number two, to fight this battle and to circle the wagons, he's telling me to correct from the circle. Joshua was in the circle. And he said, put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river. Put away. you got to stop doing what you were doing. You have to make a choice. You have to decide, I'm not going to do this anymore. Not following God 
was what caused them trouble in the first place. Joshua said, it's time. And from the circle, he called to those people to correct what they were doing so they could come in. Number three, close the circle. Notice what he says, serve the Lord. He just made a point. He closed it down. He said, serve the Lord. What is the circle? The circle is you serve the Lord. He shut the door on any other possibility. He didn't give them the option of serving an idol God, of giving in to their own whims and wishes. He closed the circle. And he says, you serve the Lord. If we are going to fight this battle, and we are going to be successful with this battle, we better close this circle and make sure that we are serving the Lord and we're calling people to do so and correcting those who don't. Number four, Joshua looked at the people and he said, as for me. The first thing that Joshua did was he called them to understand the commitment that he was making. How do we fight against those who are trying to destroy the family? You and you and you and you and me individually must commit to the circle. Joshua was willing to stand up in front of those people and say, here's what I am going to do. Here is what I am going to do. When each one of us makes a decision firmly to fight for our homes in that moment, we are doing our part to fight this real battle. Number five, he said, as for me and my house, if we're going to fight this battle, we better circle the wagons around continuing the circle. We have to take what we now say and we need to pass it on to the next generation. I will tell you this. Many of you have already been here where I was just a couple of years ago, year and a half. A third generation from me was baptized into Jesus Christ. Now, many of you have experienced it. That was my first. There's nothing better. In fact, next to my bed, I have a picture of hugging Ezra after he obeyed the gospel. 
we continue that circle. And as special as that is for me, for my dad, it's a fourth generation. And when I go back to his mom and dad, it's a fifth generation. And I know we go back one more to a sixth. You know what Joshua said? You make that decision. You commit. And then you continue it in the next generation. And finally, he once again completes the circle. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He stood there in front of that group and made a public statement that they could hold him accountable to. They could watch him. They could watch his family. And he made a pretty bold statement. He's speaking for his family. We will serve the Lord. And if they didn't, everybody would know it. Boy, don't we need families who will complete the circle and decide to serve the Lord. The truth of the matter is this. It matters not what legislation we get passed. It matters not what legislation we stop because that's not where the battle needs to be fought. The battle needs to be fought in my life and in your life, in my family and your family, and in all of our families in this community, being as good an influence and as good an effect, as good, solid Christian families as we can be. This battle is real. And God says, you shut out all the other noise and just you listen to me. Know your history, for without me, you don't even exist. And then you circle the wagons. And you make sure in that circle that you are teaching and living what the family is all about. And as many times as we do that, we're winning a small victory. I hope this has been helpful today, thinking about families. Now as we close, may God bless our country. May God bless our church. May God bless each one of us individually and in our families to have an effect in a way that others can see what is better. What God says or what the noise says. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m. 
followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.